This is Three Valleys Radio. It's Friday night, time for the racing show. We've got it all. Top tipsters. Top trainers. Top jockeys. Plus all the news. So if racing's your game, this is the programme for you. Welcome to The Racing Show here on Three Valleys Radio. We've got another action-filled programme for you tonight. And let's start off by popping over to Mike Padden with all the news from The Racing Post. Hello and a very warm welcome to all the news from The Racing Media. That includes Racing TV, The Racing Post and The Sporting Life. And we're off to York for our first story. York has confirmed a major prize money boost for next month's Ebor meeting as the course look forward to welcoming back full capacity crowds in the light of Monday's confirmation of lockdown restrictions in England being lifted from July the 19th. The lifting of restrictions was announced in the House of Commons by Health Secretary Sajid Javid, who said England would enter the final stage of its roadmap out of lockdown, which includes an end to social distancing and limits on public gatherings, including at sporting events. Addressing the nation subsequently, Prime Minister Boris Johnson said that it was, quote, right the right time to proceed with the easing of lockdown measures as a delayed reopening in September would coincide with colder weather. The BHA confirmed that some protocols will remain in place at tracks to protect participants from the potential of positive cases and self-isolation requirements, with these due to be announced in the coming days. However, hailing the announcement as fantastic news, the Racecourse Association said it would be working closely with racecourses to prepare for full capacities, as well as joining forces with Great British Racing, the sports marketing and promotional body, to encourage the public to go racing. York reacted fast to the breaking news by announcing a further prize money boost at the Welcome to Yorkshire Ebor Festival next month. Having raced since last summer behind closed doors and then with a severely limited crowd, the course can now budget for hugely increased attendances and is adding an extra £250,000 to the prize fund, with every race worth a minimum of 70000 The programme has been expanded to 28 contests over the four days this year and 21 of those will be run at or above their pre-COVID 2019 value. Prize money at the meeting will total £4.7 million, more than double what was on offer in 2020. Bridget Goering, who chairs the racecourse, said, We are delighted to announce that every race will be worth at least £70,000 at this year's Welcome to Yorkshire Ebor Festival. 
working with our partners and supporters, and given the opportunity for racecoers to return at full capacity in August, we are proud to deliver a valuable and varied race programme. She continued, our hope is that we are all rewarded with some fantastic racing action over the four magical days that form the other centrepiece of our season. I hope everyone who loves and supports the sport can come, watch and enjoy it. The return to full capacity might come just too late for Ascot, which will host the first major race day after the rules relax. That's the King George VI and Queen Elizabeth Kipco Stakes on July the 24th and is unlikely to have maximum capacity there. But RCA Chief Executive David Armstrong made a positive statement on Monday evening, saying, It's fantastic news that racecourses in England will be able to welcome racegoers without restrictions from next Monday. The RCA is working closely with them to prepare for full capacities and will continue to communicate with our industry partners and the devolved governments for an update from Wales and Scotland. He said it's been a difficult time for the racing industry and we estimate the pandemic has cost racecourses £400 million. However, with some of the sport's most iconic mark events just around the corner, it looks set to be a brilliant summer of racing. Adding the RCA, alongside Great British Racing, is working to attract racecoers back on course, reminding everyone racing is a great day out for all. It is also important to remember racecourses are safe venues to visit. As well as having vast amounts of outdoor space, the racecourses, in line with government messaging, will encourage spectators to remain vigilant and use their own judgment while on course to keep everybody comfortable and safe. Confirming the back-on-track promotional campaign, GBR's chief executive Rod Street said that this was aimed at encouraging race fans and the public alike to enjoy a day at the races. He added, It is backed up by the regular consumer research that we conduct, which shows that people are looking forward to returning to big events and spending time outdoors with family and friends, which of course racing caters for brilliantly. It will primarily be a digital advertising campaign to support race courses with people directed to the GBR website where they can search for a racing fixture near them. The BHA said on Monday, The return of spectators to race meetings in greater numbers in England represents a significant and much-needed step in the sport's recovery plans from the impacts of the coronavirus. We await further announcements from the Scottish and Welsh governments this week. The industry is working together to finalise the infection control measures that will be in place to protect the sport's participants, particularly those working mainly in and around the weighing room complex, which remains a high-risk area. Full details of these plans will be published in the coming days. Now, here's our next story. British and Irish racing will find itself at the centre of a panorama documentary next Monday that purports to shine an uncomfortable light on what happens to horses after their careers in racing are finished. The documentary, which carries the title The Dark Side of Horse Racing, will be broadcast on BBC One Monday the 19th at 8.30 and is expected to focus on horses who are euthanised or end up in the food chain via British abattoirs. It is uncertain who will figure in the documentary, although the Racing Post understands there will be British and Irish elements to the piece. Some trainers who have been contacted by the programme makers have elected not to comment at this stage due to the uncertainty over what will appear in the final cut. 
A blurb advertising the documentary on the BBC website reads, Horse racing is one of the most popular and profitable sports. A £5 billion industry in the UK and Ireland, followed by millions. Panorama reporter Durak McIntyre investigates what can happen to racecourses when their careers end. The industry says that racing is now safer than ever, that the numbers of deaths on the track is falling, and that the animals are looked after in retirement. Panorama discovers that off the track, many horses suffer career-ending injuries, and rather than being rehabilitated or retrained for life outside the sport, racehorses that have been owned and trained by some of the biggest names in the industry have been put down, some meeting grisly deaths. Neither the BHA nor Horse Racing Ireland wish to comment on the documentary without knowing the details of what will be shown. Panorama has previously broadcast damaging racing exposés with its 2002 episode entitled The Corruption of Racing, focusing primarily on poor practice within what was then the Jockey Club, prior to a 2008 episode called Racing's Dirty Secrets. That probe ultimately led to trainer Carl Burke being disqualified for a year for associating with the warned-off gambler Marl Rogers, while jockeys Fergal Lynch and Darren Williams also served suspensions for their respective roles in a race-fixing saga. With a headline of Where Can I Go Racing from July the 19th, here's our next story. Here's a list of the fixtures that should benefit from increased or full capacity from next Monday. The Scottish Government is due to increase numbers in sports stadia on the same day, but not to the same level as in England. So for Scottish events, it is worth checking. On Monday, July the 19th, here in England, it's Beverley in the evening, Cartmel, Windsor in the evening, and in Scotland, it's Ayr. On Tuesday, July the 20th, they're all in England, it's Chelmsford in the evening, Foslas. Nottingham in the evening and Wolverhampton. Wednesday, 21st of July, we have Bath, Catterick, Leicester in the evening, Lingfield and Sandown in the evening. Thursday, July the 22nd, in the evening we have Doncaster and Newbury. Sandown, Worcester and Yarmouth are also on Thursday the 22nd. Friday, uh, July the 23rd, we have Ascot, Chepstow in the evening, also Newmarket in the evening, Thirsk, Utoxeter, and also in the evening is York. Saturday, July the 24th, we have Ascot, Newcastle, Newmarket, Salisbury in the evening, and York. And with Sunday, the July the 25th, we have Pontefract and Utoxeter, whilst in Scotland we have Musselburgh. You may ask, do I need to buy a ticket in advance? Well, all racecourses are encouraging people to book in advance via either the phone or the internet, although most will sell tickets on the gate unless or until capacity is reached. You may also ask, are tickets available for the major summer meetings? Well, the first major meeting to benefit from increased capacity will be Ascot's King George card on Saturday week, July the 24th, the same day as York's Skybet Stakes. Tickets are available for both events. 
And the following week, Glorious Goodwood, which is on July the 27th to the 31st, is still advertising availability in the Gordon and Lennox enclosures across all five days before the racing caravan rolls on to York for the four days of the Eber Festival in August. That's the 18th to the 21st. Now, what is the situation in Scotland and Wales? The five race courses in Scotland have different limits on attendance, ranging from 1,500 at Hamilton to just 250 at Ayr. July the 19th is the next day on the Scottish Government's phased exit from lockdown, when the hope is that a move to Covid level naught would see an increase across the board in the crowd capacities, with August the 9th the indicative date to remove all limits. In Wales, the current limit is in line with England of 4,000 spectators, but the next review of protocols from the Welsh Government is due on Thursday. And our final story of today. Galileo, the world's most sought-after racehorse sire, has died at the age of 23. Winner of the 2001 Derby at Hebsom, the horse was father to numerous champions, including the legendary Frankel. Onus Cormorstad announced he was put to sleep on humane grounds owing to a chronic, non-responsive, debilitating injury to the left forefoot. It is a very sad day, said Coolmore owner John Magnier. We all feel incredibly fortunate to have had Galileo here at Coolmore. The effect he is having on the breed through his sons and daughters will be a lasting legacy and his phenomenal success really is unprecedented. The most successful Group 1 sire of all time has produced 91 individual Group 1 winners, while 20 of his sons have sired Group 1 winners on the flat. That's all the news from the racing media, including Racing TV, The Racing Post and The Sporting Life. Thank you for listening. Uh, thanks to Mike Padden for all the news. So, uh, thanks to Mike Padden for all the racing news. Now let's find out where we can go racing this weekend. OK, well, we start with seven jump races at Market Raisin with a one o'clock start. Moving on to the Curra in Ireland, eight races on the flat there with a 1.10 start. Eight races on the flat at uh, Newbury with a 1.15 start. Seven races on the flat at Newmarket with a 1.40 start. Seven races on the jumps at Cartmel with a 1.55 start. Seven races on the flat at Ripon, 2.45 start. And a six race card at Doncaster on the flat with a six o'clock start and finally six races on the flat at Haydock with a 6.20 start. Moving on to Sunday, seven races on the jumps at Newton Abbott with a one o'clock start, seven races on the jumps at Tipperary in Ireland with a 1.20 start, eight races at the Curra on the flat with a 1.35 start, seven races on the flat at Redcar with a 1.45 start, and seven races over the jumps at Stratford with a 1.57 start. So plenty to choose from. Right, well now it's time to catch up with our regular guests and we're going to start with Rod Millman down at Columpton. Well, good afternoon Rod, thanks for joining us. Um, first of all, I just wanted to talk to you about the, the death, the sad death of Galileo. What sort of an influence do you think that that horse has made on flat racing over the last 20 years? Oh, massive. Um, I mean, he's, uh, he's, he, he, he's, he's a main stallion of a lot of good horses, you know, I mean, his yeah. bloodline, his bloodlines have gone for a long time. Um, and of course he's, he's kept Colmore afloat really over the last 
10, 15 years, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because they're, they're, they're still waiting for the next good stallion to come along. He's been so dominant mm. that um, they they need... They're, they're looking for the next one, and it's, they're hard to find. Yeah, I'm sure. So, I mean, do you think that's going to make a, a, a drastic difference to the whole Coolmore operation? Uh, well, no, because they've, they've been very clever. I mean, they've brought up... Coolmore are very lucky. Um, in Ireland, uh, back in the sort of 90s, I believe, they they were they had a special thing where they didn't pay any income tax on any profits from stallions. Oh, yeah. Useful. So that, what's happened, they've been able to buy advantageously buy all the best bloodstock over the last 15, 20 years. Yeah. So they've 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 got all the best horses. I mean, Aidan O'Brien has got a... Every year has a stable full of very well-bred staying horses, you know, mm. or horses, you know. Yeah. They've, they've sort of um, taken over the job, really, you know. Mm-hmm. They're, they're very lucky. I mean, they've got some wonderful stallions, and of course they turn them all out. And they've won all the big races, basically. Yeah. And then you've got Darley trying to catch up. Mm, yeah, quite. And, of course, um, Frankel was amongst, uh, um, you know, the horses that uh, Galileo produced. And, I mean, you know, what a, what a stallion that, or what a horse, I should say, you know, that turned out to be. Well, yes, you see, he, he's, now pe- pe- he, he's he's taking the mantle, isn't he, you know? Mm. Um, and uh, or more, we'll be looking, trying, look, looking to replace Galileo, you know? Yeah. I had no doubt they'll come up with one, but... Um, I mean, Galileo has been so dominant in in the producing winners. You know, he's been he's been well one of the best stallions ever. Basically, mm, yeah. And but I mean, looking back before him, you had sort of Northern Dancer, and um, you know he was he was pretty good. Was he with Coolmore? I'm not I'm not too. Yes, sure. he was. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah he was. So, so um, over the years, no, they, they've, they've they've had two of the main sort of you know top stallions. Then really, that's right. Yes, they have. Yes, mm. yes they have. Yeah. Mm. But it must leave a huge hole now to fill. Oh, something will come along. Um, but don't forget, um, there's always a winner of every race. Yeah, yeah. You know, something will come along. Um, and the trouble is, as well, unfortunately, because of Galileo being so dominant, that it has actually made the, the gene pool yeah. weaker in some ways mm. because um, you now look at an outcross to him, to him, you know? Yeah. Um, so people are looking for an outcross to Galileo, so it's become difficult because a lot of the horses now have come from the Galileo bloodline. Mm, yeah, yeah, quite. So it, it all, it all, it all, it all, everything all reverts back to back, back to back to the start again every year. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there'll be, there'll be, there'll be. A, I mean, at the moment, there's there's so many new stallions every year. Unless a stallion is, has a really good horse in his first three years, he gets put in the scrappy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's some lovely horses um, that, if they don't produce the winners early on, they get they get sold on to be jump stallions. Yeah, yeah. Now it's an interesting business, that's for sure. But very sad that he should uh, pass on. But I guess well, you know, he'd have had a great life until he went. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. But uh, <clears throat> moving across to your your horses, um, a fifth this afternoon at Leicester. But uh, looking back... Yeah, it didn't, didn't run too bad. It was a very competitive little race. Um, we we ran very well in our last race, and we ended up with a bit too much weight in the handicap for today. Yeah. But um, these nurseries, we, we run her next time. She'll be a few pain lighter and should get to winning next time. Yeah. 
But looking back, you've had a fourth, a third, a fifth, a second, and a and a winner. The last winner was Sweet Pursuit. Um, so not a bad week generally in terms of uh, you know prize money, etc. No, not too bad at all, really. I've got a busy day tomorrow. I've I've got horses going to Newmarket on a Friday, so with the traffic, we're actually leaving first thing in the morning. Mm. So the horses, it usually takes about four and a half hours to get to Newmarket, but. If I was to leave at midday tomorrow, I'd probably take ten eight hours. Yeah, yeah. So we're leaving. We're leaving really early in the morning to make sure we get there nice and early, and and travel in the coolest part of the day. Yeah. So we've got crazy luck. She's got a good chance, and four a day, both both strong fillies in in races should run well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Roderick's in the Prentice race at Newbury, the last race there. He's favourite. Right. Um, he was an unlucky loser last week. Just got beat. Yeah. And then we've got Prince of Hearts having come back from a mid-season break. So a busy day tomorrow, quite then? Busy. It is quite busy tomorrow, yeah. Quite yeah. Busy. But the last time I spoke to you last week, you were at the sales. Did you uh, Did you end up buying any decent horses? Yes, I did. I, I bought a Kodiak filly, which um, had cost 250000 the year before, and we paid 18000 for that. <laughs> so that came out of the Shadwell draft. I wouldn't like to have um, to handle the depreciation on that one. <laughs> no, no. Well, I mean, uh, she was a Shadwell horse, which was um, yeah. Hamden El Maktoum. Yeah. His, his, his bloodstock's being cut back, and she was part of the draft. Yeah. <laughs> and um, she, she'd had four races, lightly raced, nice strong filly. So hopefully we'll, we'll run her in a couple of weeks' time. So all in all, it's a busy time of the year for you then, Rod. Right, and then we've got Super Sprint on Saturday. Yeah, I've got Amazon Dream goes there with Oshin Murphy booked. Right. Um, there's a couple of standout horses there that have got on form a long way in front of everyone else. But that's no different than when Betty's Hope won. There yeah. was a horse there that had 15 pounds in hand and we beat that one. So yeah. we're we're going there hopeful more than confident. Yeah. No. Well, I suppose the the price would indicate that. But at the same time, as you said, Betty's Hope was a similar situation and he won. So well, she won. Um, so why not? Well, this horse I run to tomorrow is, is a, uh, Saturday is a lot better horse than Betty's Hope. Oh, well, there you go then. Keep your fingers crossed. Okay, then, exactly. Rod. Well, we'll see what happens anyway. Yeah, okay? well, thanks very much for joining us. See, you're a star, thank, and we'll speak to you much. next week. Thank you, Rod. Thank you. Cheers, Goodbye. then. Bye-bye. Well, that was Mr Rod Millman down at Compton. Now, you'll remember last week we were begging you to get on to the At The Races website to vote for our Nick Schofield's uh, June nomination for ride of the month uh we're going to find out exactly where he did finish in a minute so uh let's get on the phone and see if we can catch up with nick schofield so good afternoon uh nick how's things going um i gather the result of the uh june ride of the month has not been made public yet no, they usually do it towards the end of the month but um yeah no not holding my breath but um it was nice to be nominated like i said last week so. yeah absolutely well let's let's hope that all the listeners that uh we made a plea for them to vote for you. Let's hope they've just done that and uh, you've managed to win it. It'd be great if you have anyway. But um, but you had a good winner last week. How, you know, that must have pleased you. Yeah, friends don't ask down at Newton Abbott. He did it really well. Made the long trip to Martin Smith down. Um, what has it? Um, he's a nice horse. Hopefully he can win again. And then we followed up with another win at Newton Abbott a few days after with um, Paul Henderson's Big Bad Bob, which was also on favourite, but um, did the job nicely. So it took me to 10 winners for the summer, which is good. And yeah. um, hopefully we can keep adding to it. Now, we're talking to you on Thursday, the day before this actually gets broadcast, but you've got a few 
sensible runners as well at uh, Worcester this afternoon, this evening. So uh, tell us about those. Have you, did you fancy any of them? Uh, four rides. Um, yeah, the, if one of them wins, I'll be delighted. But um, sort of not holding my breath. They've all got their own little chances, but they were all um, they're, they're running around the, on this quicker ground for a reason. So um, mm. yeah. So if everything goes right, you never know. But um, yeah, um, hopefully we've got. Um, bit nicer rise next week with a bit of luck and um, so if, if the weather doesn't come in too hot over the weekend yeah but tell me something uh, you often hear on on um, itv racing or what have you they, they say oh you know such and such a jockey has ridden this horse before and he's you know he, he got on very well with it and he won last time out etc etc uh, as a jockey i mean you ride a, an awful lot of horses through through you know the month sort of thing is it is it that easy to remember exactly the characteristics of a horse that you might have won on i don't know two three months ago yeah i always remember every horse i've ridden um, yeah, yeah yeah it's just all in the mind you don't write it down or anything it's not, no. so this is what is your day in day out it's um yeah you know it's if, if you have, if you haven't ridden a horse for a year or so or something you've got the uh, you've got the replays that you can watch and um refresh your mind but um yeah you know yeah. sometimes you get to sit on them at home but if, you know not all the time and um yeah if anyone named me a horse i can usually remember riding it at some stage so um i think i, like I told the other day i've had over five thousand races so um Mm. Yeah, there's a lot to remember, but I think I could nearly name most of them well, oh. if I was asked. That's, a, that's pretty impressive, mate. Pretty impressive. I'm impressed. I, I don't think I could, <laughs> but then I am written. So, um, so anyway, hopefully this afternoon, this evening, you're going to get a few uh, winners. Then, um, as you say, are you you know? Yeah, we need a bit of luck on our side, but uh, we'll try our best. Good. Okay, so well, let's keep our fingers crossed for that June uh, ride of the month result. And um, uh, you know, once we once we hear that, I'll give you a call back and we can speak about it then. All right? Super. No, thank you very much, and I hope you all have a good weekend and enjoy the weather. Yeah, thanks for that, mate. We'll do our best. Thank you, and good luck this evening. Thank you. Thanks, Bye, Nick. Well, now it's time to join the man that you all come onto the show to listen to. Yes, of course, I'm talking about the cheeky chappy Colin Brown, and hopefully he's just got out of the bath, would you believe? So um, he should be really clean. Well, whether of mind or not, I don't know. But uh, hopefully he's got a few clean winners for us as well. N now. Well, we got some good racing the weekend, AD. We've got... Uh the super sprint at Newbury we've got Doncaster, we've got Haydock Cartmel Market Race, Ripon and uh, gosh, a couple of other meetings as well, Newmarket of course yeah, uh, Doncaster of course um, there's racing everywhere isn't there, and, mm -hmm. you know as we go forward throughout the season and you know, we've had a you know, torrid time, everybody has in the last sort of year and a half with Covid and everything Um, you know, what's some three-year-olds we've got to look forward to for like races like the Arc de Triomphe and, um, you know, the King George, yeah. uh, that horse, Hurricane, uh, Hurricane Lane that won the Grand Prix de Paris uh, yesterday or the day before yesterday. I mean, gosh, we've got some horses, haven't we? Yeah. Love. Uh, we've got horses like, uh, you know, the Derby winner, Adyar. Yeah. Um, it is just fantastic racing going forward. It really is. 
Um, and then, of course, Snowdrop, who runs on Saturday in the Irish Oaks, having sort of um, seven runs as a two-year-old, quite amazingly, seven runs as a two-year-old. She won a maiden at the Curra, wasn't really sighted in most of her runs, but stepped her up to a mile and a half. She's a different filly. You know, she finished, um, you know, she won the uh, the English Oaks with Frankie by 16 wickets. She won the Musadora before that. But she goes for the um, Irish Oaks the weekend, and she could easily go for the Ark. So some fantastic horses around. There really are. But mm. um, I suppose we'd better get on with Saturday's racing, hadn't we? Well, before you do that, you, you were saying there's some fantastic horses around. It's it's sad to have to, um, you know, highlight the fact that we lost Galileo in the last couple of days. Oh, no, what a stallion. Mm. God, I'd love to have been Galileo, wouldn't you? <laughs> Yeah, I think A.P. McCoy is quoted as saying he'd like to come back as a as Galileo. Um, yeah, I mean, what a horse. I mean, he has bred just so many great horses. I mean, Galileo's by Sadler's Wells. And, you know, the, the, it's just the backbone of, you know, some fantastic horses over the years. He really is. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Unbelievable. Sad to see him go, but I suppose everything has to come to an end at some point. But uh, non- it nonetheless, it's, it's tragic, really, isn't it? Yeah, it is tragic. Yeah, it is. Mm. But there we go. Right. But before you Don't go win. on, before you go on, I've got a question yeah. for you. Talking to Nick Schofield, who, as you know, comes on the show. And, oh, uh, yeah, no, he's a great guy. I've, I've noticed that you, you get a lot of... Um, jockeys that they talk to him on on itv racing and you know they say well <clears throat> you rode this horse three months ago six months ago whatever oh and they sort of say, yeah yeah no i can remember it. it was it was really good and you know he picked up well at the two furlong pole and everything it was fine how can when you consider the number of horses that a jockey like nick or yourself when you were at your peak um you know ride in a period of time i mean you know five days six days a week how can you remember the characteristics of a specific horse? Well, because that's your job. You know, you've got to do it. It's no good going, oh, no, I don't think I wrote that, did I? Um, and nowadays, it's so much easier because, you know, all the VTs you can watch on, um, you know, at the races, racing at UK, uh, racing TV or whatever it's called, um, ITV. You can watch races on, you know, you can watch every race back. So if uh, if you owned a horse and it runs sort of five times, you know, and all of a sudden I got the call up to ride it, you know, day before. So, you know, I would go online and I'd watch every race, watch what the jockey did. on see what I think, it, you know, I could do better uh, on it, i.e. sort of, you know, just hold up a little bit longer or maybe give a bit of daylight or I think it was a bit further as best run was on soft ground. You know, all those things you sort of take in and that's it, really. I mean, Nick Schofield's, you know, he's a blooming good jockey mm. and, um, you know, he's an intelligent guy. So, you know, that that's what happens, really. Um, because if you turn up looking a bit of a dumbo, then, you know, trainers, owners go, well, he couldn't remember riding it last time. So, you know, you do your homework and that's it. You know, just it's just the, the sheer quantity. You know, um, when you when you get to your age and you're getting dementia, I would just wonder how you man, you know, manage to remember them all because there's so many of them. There must be. 
Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, my dementia is not too bad so far, but um, <laughs> I know what you mean. I mean, my wife says you don't remember what I told you that um, you know I'm doing tomorrow, or we're going to see someone on Sunday, or going shopping, or something. But you remember every horse that ran, you know, wherever last week and this week and whatever. So that, that's your job, and that's what you do. <laughs> okay, explanation accepted. Thank you very much. Right, Doncaster. Thank you, Doncaster. Okay. Doncaster, 7, 7.35. Uh, is it 7.35? Let me just double-check. No, it's a 7.05. There's a horse called Bashir, um, trained by um, Charlie Hills. Second, Oodalali uh, last time out. Won the time before York. I think this will win today. In the famous colours, of course, of Shadwell Stud, you know, obviously, sadly, we lost... Um, Ham Dunalmat tomb, but Shabu Estate Company have uh, you know taken over and they're, they're running the horses and they'll win the next race as well with a lovely horse called, called Montafa. Uh, this one's trained by Roger Varin. It's a winner just got up at Chelmsford last time out. Before that, it wasn't at first. Before that, was third at some Newmarket in a good race. It's a horse that's a real improver and I think this one will win uh, at. Doncaster in the 735. Okay. Sounds easy. Right. Mm. Moving on at Donnie. I'm not sure I'm going to put up anything else because I think they're going to be two Shadwell Estate horses that are going to turn up. They're both going to win. And, you know, Bob's your uncle. So Bashir and uh, the other the other horse that I said to you about um, Mont- Montafa. in the 735. Montafa, yeah. yeah, I think there are two two winners at Donny. Okay, where are we going now? I don't know really. We won't go to Monmouth Park anyhow in the USA. I think we'll probably go. Let's have a little look at Cartmel. Cartmel is a place that I never rode actually when I was riding. I did get asked to go there a few times, but in my day. You know, travelling was, well, not an issue, but we, we never really travelled up the north that much. Um, and, I don't know, just, I suppose Cartmel just, you know, just never turned up there. But um, great little track. And there's a fantastic restaurant or two in Cartmel. Trust in, you to think about they, food. Dear, well, dear. I was just doing it for you, really. Because oh, um, yeah. I, I, I know that... Um, when you're at school, they tell me you were never out of the first three in the dinner queue. And um, <laughs> Hell of a record, though. Hell of a record. <laughs> you're always placed in the dinner queue. Yeah. And um, up, up at Cartmel, they make sticky toffee pudding. I bet you've had a 40 or 50 of those in, the, in your life, haven't you? Not 40 or 50, no, but, uh, you know, occasionally, occasionally. Okay. Um, anyhow. So uh, sticky toy, sorry, pudding is the uh, is the order of the day up there for a pudding. It's a great place. There's a, as I say, good restaurant too there. Anyhow, Cartmel. I thought I might have a little winner for for the listeners. Um, there's a race at two uh, thirty. It's for female jockeys. So we got some great female jockeys around, uh, and none more than like Briny Frost and Paige Fuller. And um, they both ride in this race. They've got a, a ride in this race. And uh, I think they've got chances. 
But there's the younger horse in the race that Isabel Williams rides for Milton Harris called Sufi. And um, it was quite, uh, it's been quite well beaten a couple of runs, but it's come down the handicap to a very good mark. And uh, I think it won't be far away. It's called Sufi. And it runs up there at Cartmel in the uh, in the two thirty. Right, yeah. Right, we're going to move away from Cartmel now, and we're going to go to. I think we're going to get Newmarket. So that's the other side, the countryside, and uh, have a little look what we've got here. We haven't got anything big at Newmarket this weekend. It's just a sort of normal old meeting, but we've got a good listed fillies race, and that's at um, times at three thirty. Um, and there's one or two quite nice horses running in here. One or two quite nice fillies, I must say. Um, I think free window in it for the John and uh, and Thady Gosson stable. This one's beautifully bred. So I have a good mare called Alive Alive O. And you were just talking about the great Galileo. Well, <laughs> this mare is by Galileo. Um, so I think... Uh, that um, this can win. And I'm just looking at the pedigree. Now, Galileo is by Sadler's Wells, who was by Northern Dancer, who was what by Neartic. And, uh, you know, it's just bred in the pink, this one. And, um, yeah, I think I think this one wins. It's called Free Wind. It won at, um, it won at Goodwood, won at Doncaster. And do you know what the great thing about John Gosden is, and Thady Gosden, his son now, you know, on days when they've got, Frankie Vittori may run at Newbury and they got Ram Havlin riding somewhere else. You know, they got a lad in the yard. Well, not a lad, it's a very good jockey called Nicky Mackay. <clears throat> and he's a very, very capable jockey. They don't look around and try and get, you know, Oshin Murphy or someone to ride it. They stick with the, the boys in the yard and give him a chance to ride a nice race winner. So free win for me wins the... Uh, what is it? The uh, 3.30. And one other thing, of course, is the horse has only got eight stone five, and Nicky Mackay will do that weight, like, wet through. So, yeah, yeah I think that will win. That will win. OK. Um, next race is the 4.05, and there's a horse that's trained by Simon Hodgson, and maybe a lot of people haven't heard of him. He used to ride for Toby Boarding many years ago, and... He took over from a guy called Peter Hedger, who's well capable of, of, of training a winner. Uh, he's ridden and trained plenty of winners. And it's called Say No More. And it runs in the 405, number one, Say No More. You might not recognize it because it's French. It's a French <laughs> name. but um, just Are you case, trying to infer what? I'm in thick or something or what? <laughs> Yeah, 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 I am, yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> say no more. Um, you've probably written it down as S-A-Y-N-O-M-O-O-R, but it's not spelt like that. So look at our number one in the 405. That's made me laugh. Did, I, did I ever mention to you I've got a very good solicitor? He's exceptionally good at libel cases, you know. <laughs> Send him up when you come up for lunch. Let me get bring him on up. <laughs> oh dear! Right. Um, what else? What else? What else? I think Gosden will win the um, the next race at Newmarket, the four forty. He's got a filly that runs in the Lordship uh, stud colours, uh, bred by James Wigan. It's called um, what's it called? Sweet enough. It was second to Passion Over last time out. I think that will win. 
as well. So that's new market done. This is easy this weekend. I didn't mind giving you a couple of winners last weekend, but we're going to get the winners this weekend. I promise you, we are going to take off. And if Mary's listening, well, I think she'll be certainly uh, getting enough money to buy herself a cycle helmet. You know, Mary goes off cycling. And I'm not saying how old she is, but she's a little bit over 45. And um, she goes off cycling, no cycle helmet on. What do you make of that? bit risky, I would have thought. Yeah, but she's very, very well-balanced girl. She gets on that bicycle. Yeah. I think it's got about... You know those bicycles have got about 20 gears? Mm-hmm. So, I think, you know, I think they call it like a derailleur or something. You oh, know, yeah, I used to have bikes. one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's what Mary's got, drop oh. handlebars. Oh, and wow. she Yeah, she zips up to the shop and then round to the bookmakers and back home in like five minutes. Well, you know, I don't know what to say, really. You're supposed to be getting her on the show as well. You haven't done it yet. Oh, no. Well, I'll psych her up. Mary, you've got to be on the show soon, so get yourself psyched up, OK? And I'll give you a call the weekend. <laughs> right. right, where are we going? Where are we going now? I give up. Where are we going now? Market raising, is it? Uh, well, let's go to market raising. There's the Betway summer plate. Um, and what a race this is. There's a horse of Alan Kings that did win the Whitbread Gold Cup called Talk is Cheap. But I can't really see that winning it, to be honest. It's lost its form in the last uh, few months uh, or a year or so. Uh, it's a very, very competitive race. I can see Mercy and Prince run the big race, the eight horse. There's a load of running runners in the race. Um, Nichols has got Darling Matrix in the race that won at Newton Abbott last time out over two mile five. <clears throat> but you do need a, ho a horse that really stays in this race. Um, and I think probably the horse that I think I could see winning it Um He's never run over the trip, but he's just hacked up a few times. Is a horse called Captain Tom Cat. Lovely name, isn't it? Have you got a Tom Cat? He's called the old Captain. Captain yeah. Tom Cat, he's called. And uh, I can see him winning the, the, this race. So he's been winning two mile four. It's only another furlong, so I don't think it'll make too much difference. So Captain Tom Cat, he'll probably be around about four or five to one ridden by um, Sam Twist and Davis. Great rider, Sam. And everything he rides, he gives a bloomin' ride to. You know, he, he, he does his best. That's what you want in a jockey. So when you look in a book of jockey, if you're an owner or a trainer, you know, you want the jockey that really gets his head stuck into it and really gives his best. So that is Market Raisin. I was just hoping... One in the last that was going to run, but no, I can't see it. Doesn't run. Doesn't run. Um, no. So we're going to go to Newbury, and I will be at Newbury the weekend. Will you be there? No, I um, certainly hey, won't. I'll be watching the cricket at North Parrot, so uh, that'll be my Saturday. Oh, will you? Yeah. Yeah. North Parrot. All oh, right. Okay. Mm. Are you like an umpire? No, I'm a I'm a, a customer sitting with a vodka and diet coke as I sit on the side and watch the cricket and go well shot sir and stuff like that. Very good. Isn't yeah. it a little bit late? Isn't it a bit late for diet coke? Probably, but I like the taste. <laughs> right. Okay. That's okay. fine. Right. Let's try and give fifteen you all my here. service. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, we're going to go to Newbury, okay? Yeah. 
I'd established I that already. The wrong one. Okay, right. Newbury first race. I tell you what, first, these these races at Newbury on Saturday are pretty competitive. I mean, they really are very competitive. We've got some good horses running, mm-hmm. and um, Marcus Tagoning, who's a great fellow, great mate of mine, um, runs a horse called Matashwek. Uh, in the 115, it's beautifully bred. It's um, you know from the family of Ganati who won the Guineas, going right back to um, Nashville who won the Derby when Marcus Dragoning was assistant trainer to Dick Hearn all those years ago over at West Hills, where uh, Mick Shannon now trains. So I'm going to go for number nine, Matashwick. If it doesn't win, then don't worry about it. It will be a horse that you can watch in in the future because um, it's one that will improve a lot. Okay. On to the second race. It's the um, Stevenson Sakes, a listed race, a really, really good race here at Newbury. They always get some, you know, talented opposition um, for these type of races. They're all taking a few of them on and, um, you know, some real good horses. And, you know, I can see winning it. Horse called Stormy Atlantic, trained by Ed Walker and uh, ridden by, uh, who rides it? T- Tom Marquan, who, who's in, where is he? In second place, isn't he? In the Jockeys' Championship. Yeah. So I think that'll win the second, I think that'll win the second race. That's the 150 Stormy Antarctic. Okay. The 225 at Newbury is the Bahrain Turf Series uh, Handicap. Good racing in Bahrain, you know. A few of our jockeys go over there, and a very good friend of mine um, used to go over there and do a bit of stewarding. Um, so, yeah, quite interesting, really. Right, what wins this? It's a good race. There's a horse called Withhold in it, who's owned by Tony Bloom, of course. Owns the uh, lovely, lovely um, uh, Amex uh, Stadium down at Brighton. Have you ever been there? I have indeed, yes. Yes, I've been all over the place there. Working, Did of course. You play there? No, but working, working. Oh right, it's doing the commentaries or whatever. Well, no, just just doing my job as head of media, where you had to look after the manager okay. and make, get the players available yeah. for press and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, yeah, a few years ago now, but it's a great stadium, fantastic place. Oh, it's beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. Right, what wins this race? Two twenty-five, number one, Nilburger. Um, been knocking on the door. Third, Sandown, fourth, fifth in the plate up at um, Newcastle. Not beaten very far. I think Mildenberger wins the 225 at Newbury. Let's move to the um, the next race, the Aquid Park says a group three race. The Majesty the Queen's got a horse trained by Andrew Boyd called King's Lynn. Will it win? Well, I think it's got a chance. I think it's got a really good chance. But I think, to be honest... Second time on turf, I can see diligent Harry winning this. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I'm talking rubbish because this is the first time on turf. It was Sir to Chill Chill the other day in the chip chase uh, sprint up at um, up at Newcastle when I was there. But this is first time on turf. It's a very good horse, this, and I think it will win. Okay, diligent Harry, it is. It is right three forty. 3.40 is um, the Weatherby Super Strip. And do you know what? There's a horse called 
Chipotle, number four, 15 to eight favourite. His horse is really well clear on ratings. He's a damn good horse. He's drawn 20. He won at Royal Ascot. I think he won the Windsor Castle at Royal Ascot. Um, that was uh, obviously at the you know, at Royal Ascot. Yeah, the Windsor Castle he won. And um, he's a real good horse. Vintage Clarence, not without a chance in the racehorse called Goobass from Richard Hannon. They've won it in the past. Um and a bit of a tip today for a horse called Showtime Mahomes from Grant Chewy's yard. Won quite nicely last time out at Musselburgh. Um, but this race, I, I, I can't look past the favourite. He's a very good horse, this. And I think Chipotle wins it. Horse number four. Well, let me give you a little bit of uh, <clears throat> inside information. As you know, um, Rod... Oh, right, you you got a horse in that, No, I haven't. But uh, Rod Millman won it last year with Betty's Hope. He did, and uh, he has got one today. He said they're not, they're not looking upon it as as we're going to win it, but he said we've got a chance. Um, obviously, right. he's got a Sheen Murphy ride in it, which is a good sign. But it's 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 yeah. a, a hugely competitive race, as you well know. Um, and I suppose you'd have to be one hell of a trainer to win it two years on the trot, wouldn't you? Well, not really, if you've got the best horse. Well, no, I guess. So, um, Amazonian Dream is, is his horse. Oh. It's 40 okay. to 1. And, um, yeah, I'm just passing on what he said to me earlier this afternoon. Oh, 44.0 to 1, really? That's yeah. That's a great price, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Got, to win. Got to win first, don't yeah. it? But, yeah, uh, that's right. That is a great price. It really is. Mm. Um, the rest of it in Newbury, well, phew, got eight races there. A mate of mine owns the horse in the last race called Mr. Tyrrell. He's called Robert Tyrrell, the guy. And um, it's been an improver, actually. He's had it since it was a two-year-old. So um, it wouldn't be showing a great profit. But it has won a few races. And I think it might take the last. That's Mr. Tyrrell, number one in the lucky last at Newbury listeners. So that's it from me, I'm afraid. No more tips for, uh, for Saturday. Radio. Well, let's hope that every one of those is a winner and we'll let you off if that's it. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think I think you, you do need a red card for uh, being late and being stuck in the bath, but I guess we'll have to put up with that. Um, you know. Okay. What about what about a red card for being rooted two or three times? Well that as well. So that's a double red card then, so you'll be suspended for god knows oh. how many weeks. Yeah, it's a yeah. tough it's a tough world. So does that mean there, I don't have to come on? Uh, well, I don't know about that. Probably, probably have to come on twice. But there we go. Oh my God! Yeah. Poor people, poor people listening. Indeed. And yeah, it's all good fun. It's all good fun and great to speak to you. And then have a great weekend, listeners. It's brilliant racing. And after the nineteenth, you know, just be really sensible going out there. I mean, some people think masks work. Some people don't. And all those things, washing your hands and all the sprays and everything. But I'm still going to carry on doing all those things because. I just think you can't be too careful. I know a few people that have had, you know, long COVID. I know people that um, have had COVID. So I'm just going to be, you know, I'm working, but I'm sensible. And I think that's what we've all got to do if we want to get back to sort of bit of normality. Well, I was told that uh, most, most people were applauding you because you were keeping your mask on. So I, I can't really understand why they were doing that, but they were. So... Uh... 
Yeah. yeah. So that I couldn't, you know, he could just see my eyes, not my ugly old face and broken <laughs> nose. Excellent stuff. Well done, Colin. All right, boy. Take care. And you. Speak to you next week. Thank you. Will do. Bye-bye. Well, there we go. That was Colin Brown with his selections for the weekend. And staying in Lambourne, we're going to pop over and see Tom Ward. OK, well, good afternoon, Tom. Thanks very much for joining us. Um, a good couple of uh, couple of days, really, isn't it? Roman missed second today. And um, uh, what was the one? Because I backed it. I should know what it's called. The one yesterday. Uh, Moonshiner. Moonshiner last night. Yeah. Moonshiner. Tell me, how did they both run? Yeah, very well. Moonshiner got ahead in front, and Roman missed. Um, ran into one, but ran very well to finish second. So, no, a couple of good days. Um, and yeah, they, the horses seem in good form, thankfully. Yeah, absolutely. Now you've got a couple tomorrow. I think I'm right in saying, as he goes to entries. Here we go. Waterford tomorrow, and also Lady Dollar. Yeah, so he's we'll... a nice, nice horse. Waterford's having his first start. Um, He's shown me plenty at home. He's going to need the run and experience, etc. But he should run a nice race first time. Yeah. Um, and Lady Dollars has had plenty of experience now. And first time in handicaps and up to six furlongs should be her, her cup of tea. So, again, I hope she can run in the placings as well. But two, two place chances, I think. And um, yeah. fingers crossed if one of them's good enough and get the heads in front. Well, let's not get too carried away with them. But uh, each way could be the answer then. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Now tell me, you, you you know during your your your, I think it's fair to say fledgling career because you haven't been doing it for that long. But but in terms of your experience in racing, you've been all over the place, and and the experience you've clocked up is amazing. But um, how do you feel the loss of Galileo is going to affect flat racing? I mean, she's been such a or she he's been such a fantastic um, stallion, um, you know, carrying on the Northern Dancer line, etc. But it's, it's it's tragic to lose her. What do you what do you feel about it? Yeah, look, he was obviously a sad loss. He's he's going to be. Um, but the thing is, he's, he's going to be felt for many years to come through both his his progeny sons and progeny daughters. So mm. there'll be plenty of uh, Galileos going through the world for the next thirty, forty years. And it's one of those things that will will we'll always feel him his uh, influence is there. And obviously, these Stalins get old and they 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 don't they're not going to be around forever. But He's obviously been very influential throughout and done very well as a stallion. And uh, hopefully one of his sons uh, can prove to be as good or, or or just below what he's done. Yeah, absolutely. But it leaves a bit of a hole now at Coolmore, doesn't it? In so much as they, you know, where where do they find the next Galileo? Yeah, no, true. I mean, they've got, they've got some nice horse stallions there at the moment. But like you say, it's going to be difficult to replace him. Um, but yeah, look, I'm sure they're, 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 they're always... They're very talented breeders and obviously very good at what they do. So I'm sure one day they'll they'll find another horse as good or just 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 not quite as good as him. But um, yeah, no, look, he's a, he's a proper stallion, and it'd be a shame shame to have lost him. But hopefully there'll be something to replace him at some stage. Mm. But it seems ironic, doesn't it, that that um, Galileo was the sire for um, Frankel, and of course Frankel is is. Um, um, oh no, with Jeb, with Jebmont, yeah. Yeah. So you know it's. Uh, um, it's it's kind of ironic, isn't it, that he's um, that's right. No, it's it's uh, Khalid Abdullah, isn't it? Or, or was yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, like you say, that is that is ironic. But he's obviously a very good stallion. He's done it done it well himself already so far. So. Yeah, I mean, he certainly seems to be producing a few, doesn't he, here and there? So, uh, and he's not been Definitely, at it. Yeah. What three years, four years now, I suppose, something like that, is it? Yeah, exactly. He's produced mm. multiple Group One winners, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, that's right. For any young stallion. Yeah. Have you got any uh, amongst all of your your 
you know, two-year-olds, have you got anything that's going to sort of suddenly dazzle us out of sight when uh, when you eventually run him? Well, hopefully, hopefully the lad tomorrow should be one to look forward to eventually. And there's a nice dark angel colt there as well who will run and then probably run at Goodwood in a few weeks' time. So, yeah, a couple of nice horses there. Hopefully, it'll do some work for us. And what about the going? It's going to be well if we get the weather that the forecasting is is, is going to is that going to change things a lot? I mean, obviously, it's going to get it's going to be good or or hard. Yeah, it's going to quicken up. Yeah, it's going to you just need a different horse for this time of year when the ground quickens. Yeah, yeah. So we're trying to judge the weather as well as everyone. Because obviously, the horses. Certain horses like certain grounds, so you just got to make sure your each horse is ready for when the rain comes and when the when the dry spell comes. Yeah, quite. And uh, have you got many lined up for Goodwood? Hopefully, we will end up with sort of three or four runners. Yeah, hopefully that's the plan. Yeah. Um, a few of the horses have been winning Tintoretto and Brazi Lane. Yeah. Amongst a couple of others, so yeah, hopefully we we'll have a few few horses there. So an exciting time coming up, basically. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Lots to look forward to. Yeah, good. Look forward to the rest of the season. Yeah. Okay, Tom, well, look, thanks very much for joining us and giving us the lowdown and filling us in on a few little holes. So uh, let's hope we have a few winners over the weekend. Yeah, no, thanks, Eddie. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot, Tom. Speak to you soon. No problem, thanks. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Tom Ward there, looking forward to hopefully a successful weekend. And the same can be said for our next guest. It's Dave Wilson of Harlequin Racing. Good morning, Dave. What a beautiful morning it is this morning. Yeah, lovely weather, Adrian. And uh, following on from a good weekend we had last week. Yeah. Hopefully we can uh, continue the trend of getting the winners in. Let's hope so. so. Let's hope so. Going to have a look over at Newbury for the big races tomorrow and uh-huh. uh, see what we can pull up from there. And the first one I'm looking at is the 150, the Steventon Stakes, a Class 1 listed race. And in here we've got the nap of the day and it's Durab. Going to be ridden by Martin Harley and trained by John Gosden. Uh, last time out, it finished eighth, but it was six lengths behind a horse called St. Mark's Basilica. And we all know what St. Mark's Basilica come out and done in the Coral Eclipse, destroyed Adib and uh, Mishrif. So if the Rab was only six lengths behind at the time before that, I would imagine that you're looking at a horse that's got some very, very good form. Uh-huh. Now, previous to that run, the Rab won by six and a half lengths, beating a horse called Fireworks. Now, Fireworks hasn't run since. But the horses that finished third, fourth and fifth have all come out on one since as well. So you can see that the form is absolutely rock solid for this horse. Yeah. Now, also, only being a three-year-old, Darab gets a nine-pound weight for age allowance in this race. So the nine-to-two that's on offer with most of the bookmakers at the moment, I can't see that being there tomorrow when everyone gets stuck into it. It's... Uh, it looks to be a very good bet for me, and uh, we're certainly going to give it the nap of the day tag. So, Durab in the 150 there at Newbury. Okay. Moving down to the 3 o'clock, the Hackwood Stakes, Class 1, Group 3, and the horse that we like here is Kings Lynn. O'Shea Murphy rides for Andrew Baldin, uh, priced up about 5 to 2 with most firms. His last six races, it's very strange. He's been within one length of a winner in all of them except one race when he got beat three and a half lengths in the King's Stand by Oxted. So he's in absolutely terrific form. And he obviously won one of them races in there as well at Haydock beating Moss Gill, which Moss Gill is a very, very good horse over five furlongs as well. And what we liked was he ran a blinder in the Wokenham four days after the run in the King's Stand. Now, the King's Stand being the five furlong sprint and the Wokenham being the six furlong. So he had some racing in the four days, but he was very unlucky in the Wokenham. He was coming with a run and got stopped dead. 
and he only got beat a length and a half to two lengths in that race. Uh, five to two looks pretty good in uh, in Group Three for him there. So Kingsley in the second okay. in the three o'clock race there, the Hackwood Stakes for us. Yeah, right. Moving down to the next race, the three forty, the big race of the day, the Weatherby Super Sprint for the two-year-olds. Obviously, we've not got a great amount of form to go on, but the horse that we're going to go with is Vintage Claret, uh, ridden by Paul Hannigan, trained by Richard Farhey. Now, Richard Farhey's got a good record in this race. He's always had horses up there, thereabouts, when it comes to the end of a race, so it's one that we like. Now, he's priced up again, 5-2 in most firms, and the favourite in the race is Chipotle. Chipotle, or however you pronounce the damn thing, of yeah. Eve Houghton Johnson's, and... Uh, on debut, the two of them clashed. Now, Chipotle won the race at Doncaster, and uh, Vintage Clouds was four lengths behind. But on that day, Vintage Clouds was very slow away from the stalls, ran very green. And obviously, since then, both of them have come on at absolute leaps and bounds. But I think Vintage Clouds has come on a lot more than <coughs> Chipotle has. And obviously, he last time out, he ran in the Coventry Stakes, where he ran behind Berkshire Shadow. And I think that form's a little bit more solid than the other form. So I'm going to take a gamble with Vintage Clarence at 5-2 in there. Right, yeah. be super spring. Okay. Moving over to Newmarket, now the 330 race, uh, the Aphrodite Stakes. It's a Class 1 race uh, listed for fillies. And the horse we like in here called Free Wind. Uh, Nicky McKay takes a ride for John Gosden, priced up about 3-1 to one with William Hills at the moment. She's had two runs this season and won both of them. Speaking uh, on the debut as a two-year-old, but she ran very green, and on that day she was on the all-weather surface at Wolverhampton, so I've just put a pen through that line of form. Obviously, she didn't like the all-weather track, and obviously being her debut, it was a little bit new for her, so she didn't run very well, but she's won two since. She, uh, first one she won was a good one. She won by nine lengths, and then she won again at Doncaster, by two lengths up next one out. But the thing to note is she she costs three hundred and twenty five thousand pounds as a as a youngster and she's out of Galileo. Now uh, obviously Galileo had to be put to sleep last weekend and a bit of a shame but it's one of them. He's a very fan he's a fantastic sign with free wind being out of Galileo. It's one of them things that we think she's gonna be an improving type with a lot of the Galileo's are. Mm. So we're going with free wind in uh, in the Aphrodite Stakes uh, new market at three to one. Okay. Over to the cover for the last one we've got of the day, uh, the three twenty-five Irish Oaks. Now in here we've got uh, odds on favourite in Snowfall, who won the Epsom Oaks by sixteen lengths, and she won it by an absolute country mile that day. Uh, but the thing that really puzzles me with her form is she only won once as a two-year-old from seven races. Now. I don't know if she's an inconsistent type or if they had training problems with her as a two-year-old or, or whatever else. But I'm going to take a little punt on Willow, who was the favourite to win the Epsom Oaks, and she's now priced up at 14-1. to 1. So we're going to have a little each way bet on Willow in uh, Irish Oaks there on, at tomorrow over in Ireland. And she's uh, priced at 14-1 with Bet365, so well worth having a little each way bet on her there and hopefully Snowfall will show a good form and it'll be a good race. But as you say, like looking through a form card, she's got three wins from nine runs and uh, only one as, a, one as a two-year-old from seven races. So it's uh, a hit and mix on the form there, but you can't fault the Epsom Oaks form and uh, we'll see how, it, how the race pans out. So. Man, of course, she's got, got your mate Ryder there. 
She's got your mate yeah. riding her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't we tried not to mention him. Yeah. <laughs> don't know where Frankie's gone today, but uh, yeah, never mind. No. Uh, okay. Lovely. Hopefully everyone will have a great weekend and uh, we'll be back next weekend with some more for you. Lovely job. Thanks, Dave. Speak to you then. Well, that was Dave Wilson from Harlequin Racing with his selections for the weekend. But it also brings an end to this week's show. So to those of you listening, thank you very much for joining us. Join us again next week at the same time on the same station. Have a great weekend's racing and hopefully bag a few winners. But until next week, this is Eddie Hopper saying thank you for listening and bye for now.